And um, it's two minutes past three now, so it's time for uh, today's Side B with JB. Um, not so much celebrated here in New Zealand, but um, in the United States and Canada, uh, February is Black History Month. And um, I figured I may as well bring in some uh, fantastic albums over the course of February for uh, Side B with JB. And um, today I think I'm going to play the B-side of uh, Frank and Dank's album 48 Hours, the uh, Jay Dilla produced and composed instrumentals version. Um, Frank and Dank are a Detroit, uh, Michigan uh, two-piece rap group, um, kind of got together in the late 90s and um, still doing a bit of work. Um, they kind of came to attention um, from their work with uh, legendary uh, producer and rapper Jay Dilla who's arguably one of the most um, influential producers of uh, hip-hop in the late 90s and uh, early 2000s. Um, also born out of Detroit, um, Jay Dilla worked with um, just a bunch of uh, fantastic artists. Um, Farside, De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest, uh, Busta Rhymes, and a bunch of others. Um, he uh, also put out a album with his... Um, with his group Slum Village, which is really hot. And then um, shortly after that, he entered a bit of an experimental um, phase in his career. And uh, this is when he decided to produce um, 48 Hours, the debut album for uh, Detroit 2 Beast Frank and Dank. Um, they are Frank Bush and uh, Derek Harvey, two guys who um, guested on uh, a track of Jay Dilla's um, on his album, Welcome to Detroit, in 2001. And, um, yeah, so they put this album together um, with uh, Frank and Dank rapping over Jay Dilla's beats, and it wasn't really released um, right away. MCA Records was after a more commercially interesting album at the time. And, um, yeah, got out there eventually, though. And then uh, Jay Dilla... Uh, unfortunately passed away pretty early in his life in uh, 2006 and then uh, there are a bunch of um, posthumous releases uh, so this the uh, instrumental version of 48 Hours by Frank and Dank and Jay Dilla uh, was released in 2013 I think and um, some of the tracks feel pretty sparse because they should have the, uh, the rapping over the top but um, it's just quite interesting and fantastic to hear Jay Dilla's work uh, just, you know, crisp and clear. So um, we're just going to get to it. Uh, the tracks we're going to hear um, are the instrumental versions of Y'all Don't Want It, Sex on the Beach, All Seasons, All Right, Ma Dukes, and Keep It Coming. Um, but before I get into the tracks, I just want to play this little bit of an interview uh, that Frank and Dank gave about their time with Jay Dilla. Because uh, it's a big deal, and it's a big part of music history. All right, here's a side booth JB. Track's coming up in a little bit on the one. This is a Frank and Dank talking about Jay Dilla. You gotta understand how we came into the game. Our intro into the game was basically by... Somebody was a friend, because Dilla was one of those dudes from 24 years ago. But it just so happened that he had like a lot of respect. People respected his genius, his musical genius. And you know, that's a weird, not a weird, but that's a hell of a platform to come in on. He wasn't like a Pharrell that's very, very visible. 
as well as a well-known talent. You know what I'm saying? He was just a well-known talent without the visual. Half the people didn't know what the fuck he looked like, let alone, you know what I'm saying, connected to him in that way and shit. He could have been up there. He could have been in every video that he produced. and He could have been that dude. But that wasn't his M.O. I begged him many, many days, like, man, let's just go. I'll drive. Let's just go. Like, bust the videos and Q-tip videos. and You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. when they was calling him, like, yo, this weekend, the video, you coming? Frank in the passenger seat, like, yo, let's go. Let's go. But nah, it just, he wasn't that dude. So it didn't work that way. And it, it reflected on us because we came out up under that guy. So our interest into the game was a very peculiar one, to say the least. Because we went from, you know, two, three, twelve inches to a major deal with MCA. Because, you know, the dude, that's the dude, said, listen, I'm going to sign, but you got to sign them too. And if you ain't signing them, I ain't going. And if they ain't coming out first, mm, we can't do it. Dylan, that's what he told MCA. Frank and Dan got to come out first. That's why 48 Hours was done and up to that. Because y'all album first. And then we'll go back and work on that. And he had started working on his record. That's how they got the, the little shit that's how. And, you know, but like I said, we had a real peculiar, and we was already amongst veterans and heavyweights without really doing anything. Like we were in the midst of starting to put out records and get some type of thing. And we were already, Calm is right there. Tip is right there. Pete Rock is right there. Like, People just right they here. They come into the house. They in the basement at Dilla Crib, spending the night. Quest Love staying for a week too, just chilling at the house at the crib in the hood, in the middle of the hood. But they coming to see the man and shit. And we, as his compadres, his right hand homeboys, is right in the middle of this. Our introduction was very, very special. My first trip to New York was just like insane, like shit. Dilla already took Frank to New York. My first trip is just like the, the starting, the starting lineup for the people I inquired for the trip was ridiculous. First, I'm at Electric Lady Studio, which is crazy. Bob Powers there, mixing Common Record. Wendy Goldstein is there. Quest Love is there. Black Thought is there. Jaguar Wright is there. Um, a lot uh, of music. Uh, 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 Buster came there. Old school K singer. That's the kicker with Mary J. Blige. He was there. <laughs> he was in front of the studio playing his new record for Buster, and the police pulled up and told him to turn his fucking music down. <laughs> he had a brand new nice black Mercedes back then. It was really nice. I was like, what? This nigga fooling. Uh, and my homeboy, Dave Chappelle, was there. Dave Chappelle was there too. This was like a crazy high tech and Talib was upstairs. Jimi Hendrix cat was just walking around just smelling the weed, had some pluck you. Dave Chappelle had this big ass bag of fucking weed. He had about five big ass bags of weed and shit. And he was like, man, man, dank man, you from Detroit, man? I mean, he likes some of this Canadian shit. Wait a minute, hold on, let me get some of this shit. And everybody just was laughing and shit because everything he said was just like funny as hell. It was funny as hell. This is my first time ever in New York, so I'm just like below Dylan Mixon common record. I'm like tripping. Frank just laughing, looking at me because it's funny as hell and shit. <laughs> it's funny to the motherfucker. He, he already he already seen the majority of these people. You know what I mean? So it's just like funny as hell to see my reaction. It's just like whoa. The first tour I ever went on was with Slum. They were opening up a tribe. Like who can you know? 
and it was basically supposed to be their last tour. It was the Love Movement tour. So it's like, this is your intro, okay? You don't get to see how it's. I didn't come into and see how the little clubs are. I came in to see fucking arenas. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm backstage at the arena, like watching some dudes who's been doing it for ten years already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kill it. You understand? Niggas that I listen to in my car that I never thought is now right there. And it's like, then those dudes take you on even more extra experiences. And you get to see motherfuckers that's really like, like, you know, you would tip, but then you meet Janet Jackson and shit. It's like, oh, shh. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, Janet. And you know, I'm here because my homeboy here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I really ain't supposed to be even close to be able to get this close to this type of shit, but right. my homeboy, my best friend in the world, just so happens to be this fucking guy that makes these beats. Super motherfucking producer. And First time everybody knew me, and I didn't mm-hmm. even know them and shit. I didn't know them. They knew me. Hey, Dave, what's up? I'm like, how the fuck you know me and shit? Like, <laughs> like uh, Dilla, man. You know, Dilla told me about y'all shit, man. Yeah. Man, you know, y'all got some shit coming. I heard Dilla told me. And Dilla just on the on the headphone smiling like yeah nigga yeah nigga yeah nigga yeah nigga hold up nigga hold up yeah nigga I told you nigga told you like shit just even like me my first trips you know what I mean knowing knowing James Yancey you know what I mean since 1984 you know what I mean so the same thing as as Frank it's, it's we go back way before there wasn't a motherfucking beat machine. Only thing it was was a turntable with a tape, tape cassette on that motherfucker, sure, and, cassette cassette. and do it, and you make a beat like that and shit. You know what I mean? I'm the nigga that, I'm the nigga that hook up all the three ways for niggas to hear the shit, and like, yo, you ready? Yeah, cue the tape up. Y'all niggas ready? I got three, another nigga got three, another nigga got three, another nigga got three way. Yo, you ready? Yeah, hold cue the tape up, and play the shit. Motherfuckers like, God damn, we gonna be up at the school tomorrow and shit. Shit like that and shit, you know. No. But I was like, 15, 16 years old and shit. Like, this nigga crazy. And like, how the fuck you make that? Fucking record player and tape player. Like, for real. So, like, I was like a a relic friend. He couldn't just, like, like shit for me. You would think that it was just, like, really easy. Because I knew him forever and shit. You know what I mean? It's like, like him and Frank is like brothers than just friends and shit. So you would think they're just easy. They're just given to a nigga because I know him personally. I know his daddy, his mama, his sister, his brother, his uncles and shit, and his family and shit. You know what I mean? I know them. You know what I mean? That's like my family and shit. Since I was a kid, I was in their damn house too. You know what I mean? So, like, you'd think it was just, like I said, given to a nigga, but, you know, he vigorously challenged us for the remote and right reasons. And the indication of anything was to ever happen. One thing I ever gave y'all was the knowledge of how to perform and be in the studio and shit. Like, like I mean, anything, money and shit, money wasn't shit, you know what I mean? Money isn't shit, we always been rich. Rich like a motherfucker, so that's not even the issue. It's, it's the, the theory of the knowledge that your friend that really was a wizard in the studio that he gave us and shit. He taught to listen. It wasn't always about me and Frank recording a damn song and shit. It was just being there with our friend and giving that more support and shit. 
And when it's time to do a song, I have something for y'all. That's not even shit. The music, that was a, that was a bonus. It's just because we like to do it and shit. But somebody had to go and do something, and, and he did. Like, he used to take the, the homeboys and shit, rent a limousine, fill up with the homeboys, and take everybody shopping at the, at the outlet off his pocket. The homeboys, like the team. Slum, Cutie, Batin, T3, Frank, Uncle Al, Dankery Harv. But shit, I, I miss it because I had to go mass to work and shit. So by the time I get there, the fucking limousine be gone and shit. So I'm like sick as hell. I'm sick as hell, nigga. I'm talking about sick because we'll dilatate niggas to the damn outlet. He ain't bullshitting. Frank, what is it? Nigga, get whatever the fuck you want to get. Get it. Nigga, you get back. I, I'm over... T3 house, like I could take some less than T3 house. Limousine pull up. Now I go to Dilla house first. My dudes came to the door like, oh, baby, they already left. You just got off work. I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, they'll be back in a little while, dang. She, uh, you can stay here. Or I'm like, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'll be back, mom. I'm hurt. I'm hurt like a motherfucker. Because <laughs> I know what it is. I know. Dilla got the monster night and it's Bertrand, baby. It's Polo and Timberland and Eddie Bauer. Get what the fuck you want. How many? It's not. It ain't shit. I don't give a fuck. It's what we talked about. That's why we doing it. We we talked about this shit. It like going to them outlet in the fucking limousine and buying it up. So go to T3 house. Shit, he got the limousine. Long white limousine. Niggas pull up and shit. It's full times on top of that motherfucker. The trunk full. You can't even close that motherfucker. And the whole inside is just full of Timberlands, nigga. Full. <laughs> Four, you see niggas and, and funny shit, you see niggas with they I'm using this as a glass. Like, I'm gonna do this. You see niggas <laughs> holding like their glass and like oh shit, they go dank. Niggas like go oh, shit, like oh shit, thanks here. I'm here for my lesson. But I have to be at T three, so I gotta take a lesson with T three and shit. So I had to be on time. I can't fuck that off now shit. That's my that's like going to college thing. I'm about to be a graduate nigga and I graduated. Yeah, <laughs> I graduated like a motherfucker. Forgot to go to college like a motherfucker, boy.
All right, uh, that's from the 2003 Frank and Dick album, 48 Hours. Uh, those are the instrumentals, uh, entirely uh, written by um, Jay Dilla, except for um, a bit of drumming from Questlove and a few choruses here and there. Uh, the tracks we heard are the instrumental versions of Y'all Don't Want It, the remix, Sex on the Beach, All Seasons, All Right. Ma Dukes and Keep It Coming. Um, that was today's Side B with JB, and um, February is also um, often celebrated by people as being uh, Jay Dilla Month, born actually today in uh, 1974, died 10th of February 2006, only age 32. Imagine how much he would have accomplished with a few more years.